Stieber a 16-oson belül, lövés, gól! Gól! Eldölt a mérkőzés! Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Hungarian Football Podcast and this week we have a special guest for you. It's uh, Ben Bocak who is a writer and journalist from Hungary and um, Ben we first well we first became aware of Ben through HungarianFootball.com when he must have been 14 or 15 years old and he was sending us these articles at the time that were absolutely incredible and blew us away. Um, he's grown up a lot since then, and he currently has a book on Amazon at the moment called The Story of You'll Never Walk Alone, The History of Liverpool Football Club and its Anthem. And uh, being a Liverpool fan, fan as well, um, the links with Hungary and Liverpool are a lot more than um, you'll realise. So uh, we've got Ben on the show to uh, talk to us about that. And uh, Ben, how are you doing? Good, good, thank you. Excellent. And also joining us as always is uh, Tom Mortimer. Tom, who created HungarianFootball.com. Tom, how are you? Yeah, pretty lovely. Tom, how are you? Um, well, thank you very much, as well as can be expected. Um, we're still on these pandemic epi- ep- episodes, so uh, yeah, no, uh, no good news yet, I'm afraid, for everybody. You're stuck with us for some time to come. Um, Going to give a shout-out to Chris, who normally hosts the show. He can't be with us this evening, uh, unfortunately, but we hope he's well and will be back in the hot seat soon. Don't you worry. So, Ben, uh, if you want to kick us off then, how has the link from Hungary to Liverpool, um, how, where's the origins of it? Origins come from? Well, um, an interesting link would be to begin with uh, Liverpool's anthem, You'll Never Walk Alone. Um that song that that was part of Carousel, the musical, which is originally based on a Hungarian play. So there's a cool little connection there. Uh, But really, in terms of players, it probably began with Istvan Kozma. And then um, a decade later, it it, it continued with Christian Nemeth's arrival, the Wonder Kid. This is, Tom, we spoke about Christian um, uh, quite a few episodes ago, didn't we? And um, a player that never, ever fulfilled his potential in, in, in our eyes. Um, Tom, give us some sort of background on that. And then, uh, Ben, we'll, we'll get to you and you can sort of tell us where it all went wrong for him, really. Yeah, so when Nemeth was growing up um, in Hungary, um, he played for MTK, who were one of the better teams in the um, in the league back then and he was um, really young 17 18 um, and he was banging goals left right and center at a really young age in 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 the Hungarian top division um, he was really exciting prospect as exciting as a talent who uh, Hungarian fans had seen in in decades to be honest maybe um, you think to the likes of Detari, Bela Illich um Nemeth was right up there and um he soon got a move to Liverpool which obviously was massively exciting um it's not 100% certain but Liverpool are one of the if not the most supported club in Hungary um I think Nemzeti Sport did a poll about two or three years ago 
asking um, what club most Hungarian supported. Um, and that includes Hungarian teams as well. And most most people came back with Liverpool. So um, this was massively exciting for Hungarian football fans um, that, that one of their best players was going to play in the academy over there. And, and Nemes' first few years in the academy was kind of mind-blowing for for the Hungarian football fan as well. Like not only was this this excitement at his peak, he was also doing, he, he looked magnificent, like genuinely magnificent in, um, in Liverpool's academy, which obviously is in the academy, but he was still like every game. There was just highlights of his uh, low center of gravity, his ability to beat players really easily, his pace, his finishing, his assist. He kind of looked like the overall all-round package as a striker. You think of maybe like someone like Fernando Torres can link play, can score, um, not lightning fast, but fast enough, a lot of guile, uh, a lot of technical ability. He was kind of like that, and uh, it was it was massively exciting. Then, obviously, um, the Hungarian under-20 um, journey in 2009 at the World Cup, where... Nemeth was just unbelievable. Him and Vladimir Koeman guided Hungary to a third-place finish in, um, in a major youth tournament for the first time in God knows how long. Um, so, yeah, he, he was at the, um, the the front line in all of this excitement at, at, at the time and um, unfortunately just didn't pan out um, very well at all because um, about a year later after that uh, World Cup, um, he left the club and then kind of his career just went downhill from there, really. It's a familiar tone for uh, Hungarian footballers. I know we keep keep going on about it all the time, but it is just such a horrible pattern. Um, ben, I know you spoke to Christian recently. What kind of, What did you gauge from him about his time at Liverpool? And does he see it as... Um, a real waste or is he bitter about it or what's his kind of feelings I, f- I think he looks back at it fondly because he was so good at the time like Tom said like at the time the Liverpool reserves manager compared him to Kenny Dalglish which is just crazy but I think he he does feel frustrated about the injuries because they were so frequent and um, what he told me was that if it wasn't for the injuries, perhaps he could have, you know, things could have turned out differently at Liverpool. Uh, like, uh, for example, he went on loan to Blackpool and literally in, in the first game on loan, he got a very serious um, injury. I think he broke a bone in his face and um, he, he just had to be sent back to Liverpool. So he was, was never fortunate with the injuries. Yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's unfair, really, that that this has happened to him. He he really, really was like incredible for the reserves, and you know, we we mentioned as well when Tom and I were speaking that he used to be able to watch the games on Liverpool TV, and he was different class, absolutely different class. Um, ben, at the time, uh, Andres Simon joined um, from MT Car as well. Had Liverpool specifically looked to target MT Carr to get youth players from, or did that just sort of happen to be an occurrence? I think, if I'm correct, as part of the Nemet deal, 
Liverpool signed an academy partnership with MTK, which would, um, I think, which sort of, um, like, um, it, it sort of had some clause in it that said that they had to bring a player from MTK to Liverpool once a year. And I think they just picked out Schumann at the time because um, they need, Liverpool needed a striker. It makes sense, yeah. And Tom, talking about the, the the sort of dip that they had into into Hungarian football to take players, um, obviously one of them that they must surely be regretting. Well, I, I, not um, not necessarily with the goalkeeper they've got now, but Peter Galacci, um spent time there. What do you remember of his time? Yeah, it must have been a frustrating time for Galacci because. Um, I mean, I guess they had they had Pepe Reina at the time, who was established. Um, I think he ended up. I think Reina made over like 250 appearances for for um, Liverpool, guided um, helped them get to a Champions League final in 2007, the one they lost uh, to Milan. Um, so obviously there was a very good goalkeeper ahead of him, who's kind of a bit of a court hero at Liverpool as well. Um, not infallible. He made quite a few mistakes, to be fair. Um, but it was kind of just bad timing, I think, for Galachi. He went to um, went to a few clubs on loan, Hereford United, who in its in their current guys don't even exist anymore. Um, they went bust and they're now working their way back through the leagues. Um, went on loan to Hall City, Tranmere Rovers, I think, as well. Um, and it's funny because if you actually talk to like Hall City fans, he wasn't even that good there. Um, like he was, he was, he was good enough, I guess, for them. He wasn't outstanding. You, you, you wouldn't think like, uh, I don't think you'd speak to a Hall fan and, and say, Peter Galacci, you must have known he was going to go on to to be a Champions League goalkeeper in a few years. Like that wouldn't have happened. He, like, he, like he really didn't stand out. Um, so I guess it was, it was kind of wise for them to to move on past Galacci. Um, and I don't think Galacci really wanted to sit around and. And be second choice forever. And to be honest, he was he was a lot of the time third choice. But um, Galacci just did really well to 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 settle down uh, when he went to Salzburg, um, and then and then at Leipzig. I mean, he was kind of lucky to be of um, to, to go to a club like Salzburg and have the ease to move to to Leipzig before they were big. And I mean completely fair play to Galacci. He's he's established himself as one of the best one of the best goalkeepers in Europe. Um when probably it wasn't really thought that he was gonna be that big. He, there was no, like when Galacci Galacci was obviously um a talent in Hungary. Um he was part of that aforementioned um under under twenty World Cup side. But he was never he was never hyped. He was never unbelievable for Hungary Hungarian youth sides. He was never hyped like Nemeth and I guess it's going to be the case where goalkeepers aren't as hyped as much but even not yeah like on the say on his loan spells he was never that hyped so I think Galachi's kind of almost almost the polar opposite to Nemeth like mm-hmm. they were at the at the uh, at Liverpool at the same time um, but one was hyped one was not hyped and the not hyped one slowly made his way to Champions League football which I guess we all thought Nemeth was going to be that guy Absolutely and uh, I'm sure fans of Hereford, Tranmere Hull will, will be uh, 
pinching themselves thinking that we really had one of Europe's best goalkeepers play for us. Yeah. It's just yeah. bizarre, isn't it? Crazy. And then sticking with um, goalkeepers, obviously another name, Adam Bogdan, um, who's going to be remembered at Liverpool for probably all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Pretty unfair of him, isn't it? Uh, I think I think so. I think his debut against Carlisle, he started on such a high, he saved three penalties in a pretty dire game, but uh, that was a really good beginning. And I think at the time, people were saying that he should be the number one choice. But then, obviously, the game against Watford happened where he made the mistake, where he dropped the ball and Nathan Aki scored from it, which I think now with VAR in play probably wouldn't have counted. Um, and then you can't really excuse the goal he conceded against Exeter from a corner. That was um, pretty bad. <laughs> Do you think it's a little bit unfair? I mean, like if it was one of their high-profile goalkeepers... That would they have had the same kind of um, uh, you know rubbish thrown at them that, that the press did and that the fans did, or would they have uh, backed their man and picked them back up again? Yeah, I certainly think if you look at the mistakes Carrius or Minule have made, they've arguably been worse than the one Bogdan made. So probably they would have. Uh, how to pick him up again but just because he was such a weird signing to begin with and very much on the fringes at Liverpool he wasn't given the same sort of support I think Yeah I agree and I think I know this sounds ridiculous but I think his like ginger hair and his kind of his past <laughs> at Bolton his, his overall look um, his the fact that he's probably from Hungary, I think it all kind of counted against him. Yeah, if you're going to make a mistake, you want to be good looking, don't you? Yeah, I mean, like Carius, that's probably the reason why Carius was allowed to make so many mistakes. He's a good looking bloke. <laughs> and to all our ginger <laughs> listeners out there, um, Tom Dunn. Hey, I've got a ginger beard. There's nothing <laughs> against gingers. <laughs> and we get, to go back to Christian. Um, looking at the paths of everyone else who, those especially that came from M. Tate Carr or those that went on trial and things like that, their career paths have all led back to Hungary and the Hungarian first division uh, or second division. Christian, although he had that torrid spell, say, with injuries, never fulfilled his potential, when he got to the United States, Tom, it kind of all picked up for him, didn't it? It was probably his last last hurrah, maybe. Like, he was at Rhoda. Um, he did okay. Um, it was probably the first time he, he, he'd done okay in senior football at all, really. Um, he'd had a few random loan spells before that. Um, RKC, he was at Olympiacos, uh, AK Athens. Um and then, yeah, he did okay at Road over two years, but I think they did end up getting relegated or very close to it. Uh, and then it was kind of, where do I go from here? Um, he was playing for a lowly era division side. Um, and then it just looks like probably going back to Hungary. Uh, and then Sporting Kansas City came out of nowhere and our mate Peter Vermees picked him up. And um, it had been, he'd have been a very uh, out, 
left field signing for Sporting KC back then. Like it was probably just the um, the start of when a lot of foreign players started to move to MLS. Um, you think like five years on, that move probably wouldn't have even happened. But he was class over there. He was really, really good. Um, like the, he, he didn't quite have the um, spark and the agility that he used to have as a, as a youngster at Liverpool. Obviously, Benzer, um just spoke about his his injuries that he had at Liverpool, and that's kind of where he lost that agility and that spark and that little bit of pace. Um, but he kind of had the intelligence to make it work. He kind of looked like he'd finally got to, to kind of realise his potential in a way and realise his new uh, mould and n- new new way he moves and everything. And he was quality. Like, um, he scored the goal of the season over there, that one where he beat about five players, took it from the halfway line, just unbelievable goal. Um, I, th- I feel like he, I'm not sure I'm off the top of my head, but I feel like he scored the... Um, goal in the US Open Cup final which was really important I think he scored a really big playoff goal as well um, he, he, I think he ended up scoring like 10 or 15 goals that season um, uh, like about a one in two one in two record which was really good like because he wasn't playing as a number nine he was playing off the left wing um, so for a winger to score that many goals in their first season in a, in a league is mightily impressive um, and he, yeah, he was quality. Um, I think, uh, and yeah, um, I guess we're going to speak about what happened next, but, um, I just wish he'd had stayed there for a, a couple more years and really cemented himself in that sporting KC side, because, um, I think he could have ended up being one of the leading players in the, in, in the MLS. Ben, what did, um, did you get to talk to Christian about his fallout with, um, Sport in Kansas City. Um, obviously, he had a little trip to Qatar before coming back to America. Is that is that something he spoke to you about? We mainly just talked about his Liverpool career. No, so no. But um, if I did get to ask him what the proudest moment in his career has been, and um, I mentioned obviously the MLS period, but he he said that the Euros, uh, competing in the Euros, was his proudest moment. It is, like you say, the, the career that, I mean, we've pretty much written him off at the start of this podcast um, for not fulfilling his potential, yet he's played in the European Championships. He still managed to uh, eke out 37 caps for for Hungary throughout his career. Tom, what, what do you think? What's Why didn't he stick around in America? Money, I guess. It is really sad. Um but I think I think that's the only answer. Like, um, <clears throat> I guess why else do you move from USA to to Qatar? I don't really know the ins and outs of um, of what happened with the fallout. Like, it's actually a question I wanted to ask Vermees on on um, last week, um, and we were coming to the end of the show. And I ended up asking him if he wanted to become the next hungry manager instead. <laughs> which is like the most cliche question you can ever ask someone. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know, really know what happens. I don't, I don't think he's really spoken. I don't think either party have really spoken about it publicly, about exa- what exactly went on. I mean, it would have been monetary uh, 
the the issue because Nemeth would have gone into that league uh, from Rhoda with no hype um, and he would have been on a low salary. So you can maybe um, you can maybe forgive him a little bit for wanting to chase the money. Like he wouldn't have made a lot of money in his in his time so far. Um, obviously, a footballer's career is only so short. Uh, so you can kind of forgive him for wanting to just, I don't know, make a whatever he was on, 60 grand a week or something. I don't know how much he was on, but, but it would have been a massive increase. Um, so you can kind of forgive him from a, a, a lifestyle point of view and wanting to make your family and um, I guess your next generation comfortable. But from a sporting um, point of view, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite sad that he moved away. And who knows where he'd be right now? I think he'd, I think he'd be on more money right now. I, I, there's no doubt about it. He'd be on more, more money right now than he, he was on um, to begin with. So I don't know. It's interesting, and obviously with uh, MLS, that there's so many kind of things that that um, you know related to players' contracts there, and you know draft picks and everything like that. It's not simply a case of signing a player and that's it. It's all about roster slots and money allocated and things like that. It's a very, very bizarre sort of situation over there. Um, ben, he finds himself in Slovakia now. Um, he's clearly got a couple of years left in him at the age he is now at 31. Surprising to you? Um, surely at some point he's got to go back to Jura, hasn't he, to finish his career? Yeah, surely. I think... It is a surprising one, uh, but I was kind of expecting him to come back to Hungary after sporting at Kansas. I think he, his career is just sort of taking that sort of trajectory. And I think uh, coming back to the move to Algarafa as well, like you have to take into consideration that after Olympiakos, Nemef almost had a year with a really serious injury where he didn't play for a club. And that's when he moved to Entecao and then uh, he he moved to Holland from there. So, yeah, you can't really blame him for taking the money. But I think it's a really interesting move to Dutch. Uh, he, there's a lot of Hungarian players there at the moment and you, you got to love Dutch and, uh, as a Hungarian fan. Mm, absolutely, 100%. You know, the whole country's kind of behind them for sure. Um couple of years yet before we can adopt them and bring them over to the National League, I'm sure. Although with uh, all the Trianon things that are going on at the moment this year, that might be quicker than we think. Um, but yeah, so going back to the other players that were that were at Liverpool at the time, um, one that stands out for older people like me is Istvan Kosmar. It must only be fable that you guys heard about him from and a few bits of rare footage. But he was voted one of the Premier League's worst ever players, despite being one of like the best players to ever have played in the Scottish League. It's bizarre, isn't it? Tom, what do, what do you know? Oh, I, I, I know very little of him, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, it, well... How good was the Scottish League back then, I guess, maybe is the question. Uh, but I guess Liverpool were going through a bit of a bit of a random one. Early years, Premier League. Um, I mean, 
not long before that they were the best team in in the world um, for a long time. Um, and then I guess they had a a couple of dodgy years um, and early years of Premier League. Liverpool, yeah, like I say, Liverpool were a very random team. So I guess the move kind of made sense in the sense that it didn't make sense, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I I don't know much about his, his time there. I don't think he played too many games. Um, but he came back to Hungary and did all right, didn't he? Um, I mean, I guess the, the leagues are probably a little bit different in terms of quality. So that's probably not too much of a surprise. Um but yeah, um, I, how much do you know about it? I think you, you're more of an age. Yeah, well, it's it's weird because obviously the, the times that he was at Dunfermline, I, I I've only heard from obviously um, Fraser's like a, a huge Dunfermline fan, so he, his tales were just like incredible, like one of the best players he's ever seen play. Um, but for me, that that time when he was at Liverpool, like the early nineties. It was just as a sort of Premier League was kicking off, and you had to have Sky TV and everything like that. So, like footage-wise, it, it wasn't very sort of you know brilliant for me. But I remember my dad saying, "Oh yeah, this is like you know a Hungarian international player that's playing there." Um, and then it sort of he just disappeared, completely <laughs> sort of disappeared. I thought, what's what's that all about? And then um, obviously went back, went back to Hungary, but. It's a shame, isn't it? I'd love to. I'd love to speak to him. Maybe we can work on getting him and uh, and seeing what that was actually actually all about. That would be a great yeah, show. That would be great. Would be great we'll we'll do our best. We'll do our very very best. We'll put some feelers out there. Ben, obviously, being a Liverpool fan, you'll know who's bad at your club. Is he often talked about as being horrendous? I think um, in a recent poll, he was uh, voted above Christian Paulson. As one of the worst players to play for Liverpool, um, and if I'm correct, I think the whole reason uh, he was brought to Liverpool was because Graham Suness coached him in Scotland. Oh wow! Oh, I think he got a tip off from one of his friends. I mean, Graham Suness is obviously renowned for making questionable transfer decisions. So. Yeah, he signed um, George Weir's cousin, didn't he, at Southampton? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I think Istvan was a little bit better than that, only slightly. Well, I, I'm just looking at the. Um, he only ever played seven minutes in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, he, he played can... a few, he played a few other games in um, in Division One when it was called Division One, but yeah. only seven in the yeah in the Premier League era. <laughs> we need to get him. We need to. We'll find him. Trust I me. Hope he doesn't listen to this podcast before. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get hold of someone at Dunfermline and pretend we're having a reunion or something like that. <laughs> ben, another player who um, we've spoken about before who had massive potential um, and he looked absolutely brilliant the times I've seen him play. He, he scored some absolutely incredible goals as well. It's Christian Adorian. What's happened to him and what went wrong for him at Liverpool? It is a really strange one because... Um, I think in one season at Liverpool, he scored 10 goals from midfield and was really very highly rated and uh, he seemed to be a very technical player and uh, Brendan Rodgers was coming in to Liverpool, so there was a lot of high hopes that maybe he would get used, but just never got 
a look in in the first team. He had a couple of preseason appearances and then he got sent on loan to Groningen and he was all right there, but he just he never made that push forward. I don't think maybe it's a question of motivation, like looking at his career since Liverpool. He just seems like a player who's very talented. He's got all the technical skills and he's a good footballer, but he, he just doesn't seem to be very ambitious. I don't know, maybe that's a bit harsh, but that's sort of the impression that I get from his career. And uh, like Nemeth, he had a lot of injuries as well throughout his career, which didn't help him. Yeah, well, just... sorry, Gab, but um, I used to, I used to speak to his agent reasonably regularly a couple of years ago. We interviewed him for the um, for the website, um, and this was when he was at Navarra in in the third tier, and he um, he he always used to. Well, I mean, the only updates that I used to get from the agent were just about how brilliant he's doing, and I look at like the last few games and he's come off the bench for like 20 minutes in every game in the third tier in in, in Italy. Um, it, it's very weird. I used, to, I used to love watching Doyan play at Liverpool and um, he was there at the same time as Suso, who's now at AC Milan. Um, I think that's right, isn't it, Benz? Yeah, uh, Suso is yeah. at Sevilla. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Just, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were probably at the same level at the time. Yeah, I remember because they played in similar positions. So um, sometimes, like they would come on for each other, or or they play in the same team, and they were kind, yeah, like you say, kind of a, a similar standard. Um, so to to see to see him just bobbing about is really random. Um, at Groningen, I remember uh, there's a guy uh, Michelle uh, Youngsma on on Twitter. I'm quite. Uh, good friends with um, and he sports Groningen and, and he used to wax lyrical at times about Adoyan about how how good he could be and I think he would, became a bit of a cult hero in, in, after about five games of there um, and then yeah and stagnated a little bit um, and like um, um, Benza said that he's also struggled with, with injuries since then and um, he's now in Serie B which isn't even that bad like he, he's um, I mean, he's not play. I don't think he was playing every game this season, and I think he did his cruciate as well um, the season before. Um, so, like, maybe um, there's still time for him, but like, it, this is this is the weird thing. Obviously, with time, it moves fa- moves a lot faster when you're not keeping an eye on someone. He's 27 now, which is mad. He still feels like to me like he's like 22, 23. <laughs> I think one of the yeah. most bizarre things ever for me was when he turned up on the team sheet at Dundalk. <laughs> that was up there. That's just bizarre. Yeah, really. Yeah, bizarre. of course. Yeah, and, and, and I think around the same time he got called up to the Hungarian national team as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. At, at Dundalk, like I remember, it, the same thing happened with what I just said about Michelle Jongsma saying um, that oh yeah like waxing lyrical about him same thing happened at Dong Dolk at the first few games it looked like a step above um, the rest of the players apparently I didn't, I didn't watch the games but that's what the fans were saying at the time mm. and and yeah and just ended up I kind of falling off the radar a little bit and I, I think 
I think he just left at the end of the season in the end and, and kind of just wanted to leave. Um, but um, I think Benson's right. I think it's probably a little bit of a motivational thing. And I mean, we say that about so many Hungarian players, so it's probably just another one to add to the long list. Absolutely. And like you said, Ben, is, you know, ambition, money are the two things that hang above the head of every young Hungarian footballer. Um, why do you think it's such a problem? I mean, at the end of the day, you can earn a reasonable amount of money, live a comfortable life in Hungary, um, play your entire career there and do all right. What These players that are desperate to go abroad and get the money and then just stagnate, what's the problem with it, Ben? It's, it's, it's a hard one to place, really. Um, I, I, I don't really know. I think... Maybe they don't have the right guidance behind them. I think uh, in Adoyan's case, he, uh, he comes from a quite well-off family because um, both his parents were handball players and his uh, dad is still coaching handball in Hungary. So I think they're quite well-off. Um, but in in the rest, uh, I think maybe it's just not the right guidance. Maybe going abroad, they get too much too early. It's hard to place, um, really. I'd like to. I'd like to get an agent on one day, a, a one that that would that would speak kind of freely and a bit openly and about it. But realistically, um, being an agent of a Hungarian football player, your big payday or bigger payday is only going to come when you you get the move abroad, Tom. I guess because you're not going to get a huge fee, say, for from moving from Parks to MT Carl, for instance. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, I think that's why Adorian's probably not come back um, because he's actually owned by a, um, I say owned like he's a he's a slave, but I think his agents, um, I think his, his, his agents actually English, so um, I think he's desperate for him not to go back to to Hungary, so he misses out on them agent fees, and I imagine Adorian will get snapped up by um, by a Hungarian agent if he if he went back to NB one, so. Um, yeah, I think I think I think like you say, agents are maybe the big reason why um, why these players are like they are. Um, I think probably not totally, um, but I think there must be a massive um, sway that they have. You see, uh, you see a, a, an example from about five years ago when Zabi Husti. Um, in his latter days was like one of the best somehow he's one of the best players in um in the bundesliga for a season he's, he scored about i can't remember how many goals it was I mean, let me just look it up because it was absolutely ridiculous um he it was one season where he seemed to be scoring free kick after free kick assisting after after assist and then by the end of the season he was in china like it just it was just like so typical of a Hungarian football. I mean, uh, it was different with Husti because he'd been there, done it before. So, like, it wasn't that he was um, a, an up-and-coming player who went to China at his peak. He's probably just a bit past his peak. But when you're going through such a, an amazing time, like, why would you ever do it? Like, why would you ever just jack that in? And I think 
I think the agent would have had a massive sway in that. Um, I mean, obviously, and um, and it's, it was just typical of of the Hungarian um, mentality at the time. Um, he got nine goals and nine assists in twenty one games, wow. which is like really impressive for for a Hungarian player in the Bundesliga. And I think he was he was like thirty one. Uh, playing for Hanover as well. It's not like he was playing for like Bayern Munich or something. Yeah. Ben, you grew up obviously um, Hungarian with Hungarian football, but how how sort of at a younger age? How quickly was your your head turned to look at the other leagues around the world as opposed to the the one that's in front of you? I think immediately. I remember. Growing up in Hungary and Budapest, like my first memories are of the World Cup and then watching the Premier League and uh, Liverpool and Manchester United. I, I didn't really, I, I knew of like Ferenc Varos, obviously, but it never sort of piqued my interest until I got older. Uh, and then I started watching Hungarian football and started following Ferenc Varos because of my dad. But yeah, it's not really followed uh, by like younger people in Hungary it's always the Premier League and the other leagues that come first that's the the kind of thing that I was you know really looking to get towards was the fact that it seems as if there's going to be a a point where players will almost stop being produced in Hungary I know that sounds a bit extreme but you know who's who's the the twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old that's that's looking at the Hungarian first division, uh, empty stadiums, awful football, thinking that's what I want to do with my life. And I think a lot of the time the issue is as well that there are a lot of talented young players at MTK, Hombed, Farintarosh, who are just not getting played uh, like. The older Hungarian players are always favoured, and uh, there is the potential there for like uh, sort of like a Belgium league or like a Dutch sort of league developing where there's a lot of young players being produced. But the young players are never getting the opportunity in Hungary. It's a good point, and Tom, it's something like MTK is a great example that do have a really. Um, youthful side and, and, and give these players a lot of opportunity but with that tends to come the relegation as well so it's kind of balancing act really as to uh, you know, staying in the division or, or or relying on your youth really Yeah I think um, I think MC Carr got criticised for that a lot at the time as well um, I think I remember I think I wrote something about it as well back in the day um, about how they were being really greedy and just putting um just wanting to fleece their team every time they got good um and it came back to buy them a couple of times um uh which which is sad because i mean their academy is still like you say still really impressive um but um they've never been able to build a proper team because they i mean they haven't got really got the fan base there to, to maybe justify it so you can maybe understand why they would want to make a quick book, but I mean it's 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 not great to see when someone's just fleecing your team all the time. It it's, it reminds me of like a bit what Mike Ashley does to to Newcastle in England. I think feel that's the way that MT Carr have run a little bit, 
and and like I say, there's not really the fan base there to be too vocal of the hierarchy. Mm. Um, so MT Car, a fantastic football club. Um, I think people forget that they've won the title um, second amount of most amount of times, um, and were uh, for a long time a bigger and more successful mm. club than Friday. Um, now they're just a yo-yo club, really, um, and it's hard to see them. It's hard to see them ever being a team that challenges for the title season after season again. To be honest, um, I just I don't know how it happens. I don't I don't know how it how it ever changes for them. To be fair, like that, I mean that they've got a good solid base to build on all the time. The academy, um, the history. Um, they're well ran, um, but without the fan base and without the, I think I think without the fan base that that is probably the reason why they will struggle to become a team that's challenged for the title every season because no matter what the hierarchy at that club do, they're probably not gonna um, they're not gonna create new fans, and and, and I guess that's. Just, that's a big problem. I mean, they could get bought by um, by a, a multi-millionaire, billionaire in Hungary, um, and then become successful that way. But I mean, that's the only way, really. I, I I think they could win, like they've done over the last twenty years, win a title every now and again. But they'll probably just lose all the players a couple of years after a little bit, like Honved did a, um, three years ago. Very, very true. And Ben, the the link with um, Liverpool and Hungary is, you know, pretty much disappeared. It's got to be a kind of surely you'd think as a low cost option, keeping some kind of tie to Hungary would would be in their favour, even if one player was to come out of it over the next ten years. The relative cost of um, of having that link um, would surely outweigh that. But why do you think they've kind of given up on it? I think uh, you know football is a cutthroat game. So obviously the history uh, with all the academy players, they they didn't let none of them ever made it at Liverpool. So maybe they are a bit more reluctant now to bring a Hungarian and like the history of Hungarian youngsters as well. Like uh, Matt Jaszczyty, he was at Barcelona. He came back to Hungary, and uh, there was a. Subwood Chen, he was at Ajax, and and then he he's now back in Hungary as well. Like um, Hungarian youngsters, like Wonderkids, just don't seem to ever make it, which is a bit harsh. But that's mostly true. Although I think uh, quite recently, in a, a couple of years ago, um, there was a another Hungarian trialist at Liverpool who's now at Aston Villa called Akos Önedi. And he's an interesting prospect to look at. I think he's doing quite well at Aston Villa and still 18. So maybe one to keep an eye on. Yeah, Villa have got um, a little bit of history of Hungarian players as well, haven't they? Um, his name escapes me just the, the minute I say it. Um, Stieber. Stieber, of course it was. It was, yeah. And Kirai was there for a bit as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, we'll keep an eye on that one, definitely. Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us um, 
today and we hope to get you on a future one as well and um i, I know you've got a some really good stuff coming up um, with Barcelona as well, but we don't want to give that game away yet, and we'll save that for another podcast. Um, give your book a shout um, for the people that are listening as well, Ben, please. Um, yeah, it's just on Amazon. It's out now. You can uh, buy it as a paperback or a Kindle. Yeah, you can see it on my Twitter at well, uh, Ben Bojack. There's a there's a link there on my bio. Excellent. We'll put that into the into the notes of this podcast as well. And also, um, that full story on Christian Nemeth from Ben is available on these football times as well. It's a really good read. Definitely worth checking it out as well. So, Ben, thank you very much for being here. And Tom as well. Thanks as always. Yeah, d- just before I go, um, Galachi has just uh, made like one of the best assists I've seen of the season. <laughs> it's absolutely class. He just he just caught a free kick and then smashed it upfield and Timo Werner just put it in. You don't really you rarely see um a goalkeeper assist and how apt were we were just talking about him. In another world that could that could have been at Liverpool. In another world, another Yeah, world. yeah, indeed. <laughs> ben, you've got to let it go now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you all for listening. Um, we really appreciate um, all the listeners that we do have. Don't forget to listen back to some of the other casts that are on there at the moment. Some really, really big interviews. Peter Vermes, Sporting Kansas City manager. Gabor Kirai, Daniel Saloy, just to name a few. So, uh, yeah, have a look back. And as always, stay safe and we will see you next time around. <laughs> Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast.